We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome in, everybody, to Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com. Joining me shortly is Chris Biederman. He covers the 49ers for the Sacramento Bee, and we're recording this Sunday night after the 49ers' 28-21 loss at Levi Stadium to the Seattle Seahawks. Lots to get into, but the big thing is the quarterback situation. Jimmy Garoppolo left the game with an injury. In the first half, Trey Lance played the entire second half, and we're going to break down what this means long-term, short-term, and everything in between. Let's get into it. Blue Wire. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. Four weeks, three and a half weeks, technically. We got through without a Jimmy Garoppolo injury, but Garoppolo left Sunday with a calf injury that he's not sure exactly what happened, but he's hopeful that he can be back in a couple weeks. Trey Lance played the entire second half. Where the hell do we start? with this just cornucopia of topics. Well, I'm going to start by opening a Candlestick Chronicles Hazy IPA from Cooper's in Santa Rosa. Great move by you. Because I think this deserves that. It's 930 on a Sunday night. I, it's I been a long day. I did not have any cold. Mm-hmm. And so I grabbed a different Hazy IPA and it's not as good. Like um, okay. It's just less satisfying. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, I can. I can get that. Um. So 49ers quarterback situation. Is it entirely surprising that Jimmy Garoppolo is dealing with a calf injury now or just any injury? Um, I guess you can never be surprised when Jimmy Garoppolo is hurt because he's been hurt two out of the last three years. And this would be three out of four uh, if he has to miss significant time. Right. And, And the way Garoppolo sounded after the game, he said he hopes it's just a couple weeks. Um, and I think the assumption is now that Trey Lance is going to start uh, week five against the Arizona Cardinals, who had a big win 
against the Rams today on the road, which makes the Cardinals the de facto best team in the NFC West for right now. And obviously the NFC West is loaded. 49ers lose. They drop to two and two. They are in last place in the NFC West. Um, so this is why they drafted Trey Lance, right? Like we knew Kyle Shanahan was not fully convinced that Jimmy Garoppolo uh, was going to be the best answer to keep the team in Super Bowl contention year after year. Um, and we also knew that Shanahan needed to insure himself from another, another Jimmy Garoppolo injury. And now it's, it's here. The moment is here. And, and so how we want to talk about it, I think is, you, you know, it's, it's not like, like, I don't believe after listening to Kyle Shanahan and he sort of alluded to it after the game, I don't believe that he's making the switch to Trey Lance right now based on Jimmy Garoppolo's play. Like if Jimmy Garoppolo is healthy, yeah. I still think that he would be the 49ers starting quarterback right now. I don't know if I'd necessarily agree with that. Um, but I mean, that's obvious if you've listened to the pod before, but um, so it's going to be Trey Lance. And so the discussion is, okay, what did we see from Trey Lance? What's the context from Sunday's game against the Seahawks? And does that mean anything going into next week or is next week going to be an entirely different situation because Trey Lance won't be jumping into a game at halftime after the team prepared with a game plan catered to Jimmy Garoppolo's strengths and weaknesses. Um, I tend to think that it's going to look a lot different next week. So I know Trey Lance didn't play well, and we can talk about what aspects he, he did. He did do well and didn't do well, which is probably a good place to start. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I just want to, I, I think it's important that we point out like, it's it's not necessarily a shift to Trey Lance as a starting quarterback right now because of Jimmy Garoppolo's play, although Jimmy Garoppolo does leave a, a lot to be desired at this point, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just the context of where Kyle Shanahan is coming from right now. And if Trey Lance plays well and the 49ers win games, Jimmy Garoppolo is not getting that job back. Right. So it, right. it'll really if- be interesting to see what happens in Arizona because I know the 49ers are coming off a two-game skid and look not great right now but like if we've learned anything about the nfl sunday's game is is winnable for sure for the 49ers yeah look look no further than than justin fields and his first start against the browns they get an opportunity during the week to make an adjustment now granted they were playing the lions but justin fields looked a lot better this week than he did in his first start and trey lance was in a and we'll get into what he did and didn't do well in a moment, but Trey Lance was in a spot where he gets put into a game for the first time, really taking significant snaps in an NFL game in a situation where they haven't game planned for him to be the quarterback and the offense with him in it is going to be pretty dramatically different. I think than what it looks like with Garoppolo. Extremely different. Right. And he comes into a game that is tied at seven and very quickly it becomes 14, seven. And then the fumbled kickoff by Trenton cannon. And then it's 21, seven. And now not only is Trey Lance running an offense, not catered to him, tailored to him, I should say, but he's running a version of that offense where the game script is out the window. And it's like, they have to throw now the thing that he is still developing 
So it was like a worst case scenario, I think, against against um, you know a division opponent. It's at home. It just, I think that's the proper context, but um, that's not to excuse. I think some of the things that he did not necessarily do well. Right. It, it was a bad spot for sure. Like yes. a really bad spot, but it was also like he spiked his first throw to George Kittle. It was not it, good. It was a layup of a throw. It was, you know, a, a standard throw in Kyle Shanahan's offense, a, a tight end leaking out to the flat. Like that's very standard. It was, it was clear. They, 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 it was his first throw, like you yeah. said. And it was so clear that he that Shanahan called that play like, all right, let's get him an easy completion. Right. And you talk about it all the time. We, they, we didn't see any of that in the preseason. Right. And then they finally give him one. And I think that was more jitters and whatnot, though, than yeah, him being inaccurate on a three-yard throw. And the, and the one to Debo Samuel was also not close. Um, but watching that play live, I think he purposely threw it high because Samuel would have gotten crushed if he did catch it and it it was just in traffic and it was like you know he said it after the game and and I tend to believe him that he was trying to save Debo by not completing the pass it was still an incompletion which isn't a good thing but like I think one one thing and this happened a couple times and I'm curious to go back and watch the all 22 because I'm obviously a big film guy um there were a handful of times when you know I sit next to Nick Wagner of ESPN, our, our preferred cast member. And uh, there were a handful of times where I was like, man, he's, he's missing guys open. Yes. Right. And some yes. of that, like the pass, the, the pass protection wasn't great, but also like the big thing with rookie quarterbacks is like, okay, especially athletic ones. Like how do you balance the urge to run around and make a play with your legs versus going through your progressions and making all of your reads right? right and when quarterbacks like that can get jittery and erratic and are playing nervous and over their skis a little bit sometimes they'll try to rely on that athleticism as a crutch that's what people always talk about right that's what steve young always talks about you have to be able as a quarterback to really find that balance between um running around and staying within your within yourself right. as a passer right so that's one thing I think that that was a little bit concerning is that there would be guys open downfield. His first or second read might not be there. And then he, he sort of ran around and, and would miss guys. And there were a couple throws that were late um, to, to guys who had previously been open, but he did settle down. And, and, you know, I, people are going to look at that last drive and be like, Oh, he was, he was so much better in the last drive. It was like, well, it was basically garbage time. Right. Right. And like the Seahawks weren't playing with exactly the same verve up 15 points as they were early in, in the third quarter and in the second quarter. Right. Because the game was basically still in the balance. And so, it, you know, I, I, I don't want to take too much away from that other than it, they were like reps that Trey Lance needed. And I feel the same mm -hmm. about the 76 yard touchdown. Like Sidney Jones just blew the coverage. It looked like everybody was playing zone and Sidney Jones was playing man and left that corner wide open. Right. Um, and and Debo Samuel goes for a 76 yard touchdown. It was obviously good for Trey Lance to get that touchdown and get the rep and get his confidence up a little bit and get points on the board. But I'm not I don't look at that as like, oh, you know, it's it's really clicking. It was like that was the layup of all layups. 
right and it was still kind of underthrown right. like Debo was like waiting it felt like for 10 minutes but when, when the ball was in the air until <laughs> he actually caught it if it was very much like a just get it there throw like make yeah. sure he can catch it he's, he's so open yeah he's so open I don't need to even push it downfield like he just needs to catch it which I get um so I think my big takeaway and this might be a cop-out from Trey Lance's first performance is like let's see what it looks like next week when it's like the game plan is centered around Trey Lance and what he does, because I think it's going to look exactly like not exactly, exactly different is a really dumb thing to say. Um, <laughs> the exact opposite, the, the exact opposite. Thank you. That's, that's what the my half of my mind was, was saying and the other half was disagreeing. Um, but I, I think it's going to look completely different. I think it's there's going to be some some runs and and all that stuff that we've already seen with Trey Lance, both in training camp and the preseason and some regular season games. But like, I think it's going to be a lot, a lot different. And I think Kyle Shanahan, if there's if there's a silver lining here, I mean, losing's bad, and we can talk about the other aspects of the game um, as to why they lost and all of that. You willing to put your name on that take? <laughs> yeah losing's bad um but ultimately the silver lining here is trey lance did get some reps and now trey lance does like kyle shanahan has no choice but to play trey lance right because i'm of the mind yeah. like i i know you know there people are saying well oh, jimmy garoppolo put the diners in position to win the game against the packers and people saying that he should be replaced or misguided etc cetera, etc cetera. it's like that doesn't just that does, that's not the entire story. It's not I the think, entire story of the game. They were down 17 points in part because Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't playing well. Jimmy right. Garoppolo spiked the ball backwards that led sure. to a field goal in a game that they lost by two points. Right. Sure. So it's like, and there but were I, the inconsistencies. And anyway, we've already gone through all that. But I think um, you saw, I think you saw a little bit why Lance hadn't been playing as much, though. Totally. Like, when he, looked, he missed, he was missing a, like bad. Yeah, he was. He looked very much like a rookie quarterback who was over his skis, who just right. came into the came into the middle of the game. So I get I get the whole notion that, and I think it's going to look different against the Cardinals for sure. Um, especially when he goes in knowing that whole week that he's going to be the start. Now we're actually we're Jimmy Garoppolo said he's hoping he's only out a couple weeks he might not miss any time. Like they haven't taken an MRI yet. Right. But it signs are pointing to Trey Lance starting against the Cardinals. Jimmy Garoppolo said the injury was traveling down towards the Achilles. There's no way that's good. <laughs> like anytime your injury travels. Yeah. I feel I'm not a doctor, but there's no way that's a good thing. But anyways, yeah. but anyways, it looks like Trey Lance for all intents and purposes is going to start against the Cardinals. And I, I expect it to look different, but at the same time, you get why they didn't want to just do this from week one because it's very clear there's a lot of development that needs to happen. And I I don't know. I could be wrong, but check that. The coaching staff could be wrong in that the best development is for him to just go out there and play. Yeah. <clears throat> but I think they were trying to do the thread that needle between like, okay, he's going to play a little bit, but most of his reps in practice are going to be at the scout team and this and that. And now 
like they knew this was a possibility. You said it at the top. It's why they drafted Trey Lance. Right. Was because he was going to be better than Nick Mullins. And CJ Beathard. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I, I think so. What what's interesting about this is a theoretical conversation, which we'll never really know the answer to, depending on how the next few weeks shake out. But like if Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't get hurt, when does Trey Lance start? Right. Right. Like that. That's a really interesting discussion. And, and I think we, we don't have to have it necessarily, but I've always been of the mind, especially with Trey Lance, given how little football he's played just overall in the grand scheme that playing him is the best way to develop him. Sure. Right. Getting, getting those reps going against defenses and frankly doing it as the starting quarterback going through the process as the week. I know during the week, I know, you know, quarterbacks say backup quarterbacks say I'm always preparing as if I'm the starter. It's like, you're preparing as if you're the starter minus getting all of the starters reps and training. <laughs> you're mentally preparing, right? Like Trey Lance is a backup. I would guess. And, and Trey Lance was asked this question today and he sidestepped it, which makes me think he's not getting many. Like I'm guessing Trey Lance, there's probably 25 reps uh, during practice that quarterbacks get. I'm guessing Trey Lance gets like five of them. Hmm. Right? So that's, that's really not a lot of work. Just physical right. work. You can be as prepared as you want, but just that's just not a lot of physical work. And I think that shows up. And people are going to talk about Mac Jones and all the other quarterbacks. You mentioned Justin Field looking a lot better. It's like, yeah, they look a lot better because they're playing more. Sure. So that's that's the issue ultimately I have with it because we knew in training camp that that Trey Lance had a much higher ceiling than Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. and could make the assumption that the offense overall could go places that Jimmy Garoppolo can't take it with Trey Lance. Mm-hmm. But Kyle Shanahan, and I, w- one thing I would love, I would love to get Kyle Shanahan, give him a few Candlestick Chronicles, hazy IPAs, and, and see if we can get some truth out of him. Like, what's the deal with him? I want guy? some RBVs. <laughs> He's a big RBV guy, yeah. That's, that's probably my better chance. But, like, what's the deal with the young guys? Right. Like, why are you so hesitant to play the young guys? And why have you been so hard on the young guys this year? Because mm-hmm. that's really like when I think about when, like when we look back on the early part of the season, it's going to be like, man, that Brandon Ayuk thing was weird. And man, that's already Trump weird thing was was weird. Right. And and I think, yeah. you know, is was Trey Lance really not ready? Or was Kyle Shanahan just really hesitant to give Trey Lance the ne- the reps he needed to get ready? Yeah. Right. So anyway, in, in terms of this week, I mean, it's going to be it, it's going to be fascinating to see, right? Like it, it's going to be a really big deal because it can go one of two ways. It can go, okay, Trey Lance helped the 49ers beat the Cardinals. Jimmy Garoppolo is not getting the job back. Mm-hmm. Or it can be Trey Lance is really skittish, played a lot like a rookie. 49ers lose. They're two and three going into their bye week. Who knows when Jimmy Garoppolo is coming back, but Jimmy Garoppolo probably should still be the starter because Trey Lance clearly isn't ready. And is Jimmy Garoppolo good enough to take the 49ers to the playoffs after in your after you get into a two and three hole, losing three games against the Packers, Seahawks, and Cardinals? All teams are going to be in the playoff mix, it looks like. Right. So that's that's why this is so interesting right because 
it really puts a ton of pressure on Trey Lance because if he's not good enough, then the season's like kaput. The season is basically all about getting Trey Lance reps for 2021. And that's not what Kyle Shanahan wants. Yeah, it's basically you're it's ostensibly another lost season. Yeah. Which would make it five at four out of five. Right. And at some point, and I'm not cracking this egg open right now because there's it's early in the year and there's a lot of other stuff going on. But like at some point, fast forward to the end of this year where Trey Lance has had to play a ton and does, you know, he's fine. Um, but the Niners finish seven and ten. Now the eyes are going to the coach. Yeah. And it's like you had your guy at quarterback, your hand-picked guy, and finished seven and ten. Like that's how it's gonna go. And I mean, I'm not saying he's gonna get fired in the offseason if they don't make the playoffs, but this seat that has not been warm at all is gonna warm up a little bit. Oh yeah. It'll warm so, up. It'll warm up externally. I don't think it'll warm up internally. No, 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 no. And that's kind of what I what I mean. Just yeah. I think but it's go ahead. I'm I'm fascinated to see like obviously they're not they're not gonna print out a different playbook and say like hey here's here's the playbook this week. But it's obviously gonna be a very different version of the offense on Sunday in Arizona. Yeah. Like like I think because there's sometimes like when a defensive coordinator, for example, when Robert Saul leaves and D'Amico Ryan comes back, D'Amico Ryan's comes in to the layperson, it's pretty tough to discern the differences in the defense. Schematically, just the, yeah, yeah, schematically, like yeah. it's it's different, but there are some like changes that we just don't see, or you know, whatever. You see, you see that in basketball too. Like right. a basketball coach change, oh, his philosophy is different, but it kind of just mostly looks the same to the the average fan. I think it's going to look discernibly different from what we see with Garoppolo. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it's going to look very different. I, I think in terms of aesthetic, I mean, they're going to be running a lot more. They're going right. to be a lot more versatile. I think you saw it, like and. You know, one of the developments today, which was actually positive, was that Trey Sermon looked pretty good. Yeah, right? he did. Trey Sermon looked like, you know, and I, I told Nick during the game, I was like, man, I, it really looks like Trey Sermon was was drafted specifically to play for, with Trey Lance. Right? Because, like, the inside yeah. zone read game is is Trey Sermon's bread and butter. Like, that's what he's good at. He's not good at the outside zone stuff. And, you know, he averaged 4.7 yards per carry today, 89 yards on 19 runs. Um, just a lot more decisive. The, the rushing lanes were a lot better. The offensive line played really well in the first half, I thought. Yeah. Um, and he wasn't going sideways, too. Yeah, he wasn't going sideways. He tends to dance a little bit on outside runs. Mm-hmm. He's not a fast guy, but he can he can pick spots and, and get to him when, when mm-hmm. he runs those plays inside. But I think... Look, I, I've always had this theory and, and we've gotten some reporting about this when, you know, I think Peter King, so Peter King or Albert Beer, one of those two, reported the, the um, you know, Kyle Shanahan after Justin Fields pro day was drawing up 
plays for Trey Lance on the mm, plane. Yeah. Right. Like there's there's a section of the playbook that already exists. That's right. some of that is going to be brought out. And I yep. think Marcus Thompson just wrote this in a, in a column for The Athletic, and I agree with him wholeheartedly. Like this is on Kyle Shanahan now. Like it, it's obviously it's on Trey Lance to play well, but this is on Kyle Shanahan to, to show us why he's so revered for his scheme design and play calling. Absolutely. Because he has to, he Shanahan needs an A plus performance because to your point, I think people are losing a little bit of faith right now. Yeah. And I, I think it's fair. And I think, I think Shanahan's problem more than, schematics and i think there are some schematic issues right now or at least some weird things happening with the offense but i think shanahan's problem is talent evaluation and just the way they've constructed this roster because the buck stops with him like it this is kyle shanahan has final say on just about everything they do from a roster standpoint right and like kyle shanahan's the one that you know made the decision to pay jimmy garoppolo kyle shanahan's the one that you know, put all his eggs in the Raheem Mostert basket at running back, essentially. Mm-hmm. Right. Like Jason Verrett being your top cornerback with his long injury history. You know, like how does that shake out? 49ers football is finally back. It's in full swing. And maybe you want to get out to a game. Well, there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find 49ers tickets anymore. That's right. Put the Google away, put the ask Jeeves away or whatever search engine you're using because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K is the original no fee ticket site. And the only one that you will ever need is your go-to for all NFL tickets. See what TickPick did and it's brilliant. They got rid of all those awful service fees that other ticket sites charge. You know where you find these super cheap tickets, but then all the service fees end up costing more than the actual ticket. Yeah, none of that with TickPick. It allows them to guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. And if you don't believe it, if you can find a better price for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. So the 49ers are on the road in week five. They're off week six. But then check this out. Week seven at home, Sunday night football in the Bison Bowl as Chris named it. Trey Lance against Carson Wentz is a very real possibility, and you're going to want to be in Levi Stadium for that. It's Sunday night football. It's going to be electric. I can't wait to be there. The atmosphere at Levi Stadium for night games, if you haven't experienced it yet, you need to because it's unbelievable. I know Chris will be there in the press box. I'll be there in the press box. And when when that stadium gets rocking, the press box shakes a little bit. And yeah, it's a little scary, but it's also awesome. So, so... Visit TickPick.com slash Candlestick today and use the promo code Candlestick to save $10 on your first order of 49ers tickets. We'll see you at Levi Stadium. Right. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I have a question. Yeah. Keep going, but I have a question. Do you think Joe Staley said something interesting when he was on the pod and he talked about how Kyle Shanahan, I'm totally guessing here. I'm I'm not even guessing. I'm I'm asking. He talked about Kyle Shanahan and how he relates to his players and how he, you know, talks to his players like peers instead of I'm the coach, you're the player, you're going to listen to me. Do you think that that has in while it might be great in the in terms of getting guys to play for him and the in the culture in the locker room, do you think that that plays a little bit of a role in in how he evaluates players? Like he develops personal connections with guys. Yeah, and like that's why Mohamed Sanu is getting so much burn. That, and maybe maybe Muhammad Sanu is a bad example because they don't have great receivers, but like Jason Verrett being their guy at corner, like I understand that what Jason Verrett did last year was awesome. And I understand that he has worked his ass off and is an incredible story. But like just you talking just now made me think, is he just like a huge Jason Verrett guy and just, let that blind him to the other problems at corner? Yes and no. I, I think Kyle Shanahan is just very stubborn in his belief. Sure. Um, and so I think he's bullheaded. I, I think, I mean, it's interesting, right? Because Kyle Shanahan's a huge Jimmy Ward guy, right? And Jimmy Ward spent the first however many years, what, four or five, dealing with injuries. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Ward is one of Kyle Shanahan's favorite players. And to this point over the last few seasons, Jimmy Ward's been excellent for them, right? Mm-hmm. He hasn't gotten hurt. Eric Armstead is sort of similar in that his, the, the start to his career was uneven because he really struggled to stay on the field. And he was hurt. And now, I mean, you can debate paying at Eric Armstead versus DeForest Buckner and all of that. But Armstead has been available. Right. So like there have been cases where they've made they make a lot of bets on injured guys. That's just that's, I think, a grand indictment of the Kyle Shanahan era. And it really starts. It's it's it starts and starts and stops with Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, I don't know that his personal relationships get in the way of. His decision making process. I I, I don't think I, I don't if you were to ask me whether I believe that's true or not, like gun to my head. And I don't know this for a fact, but I don't think so. I think he likes guys. And I think he has ideals in terms of the way he wants to construct a roster. And I think he has a lot of conviction um, and self-belief in his way 
in, in his ability to scout players and find guys for scheme. But I wonder if he, if he allows other people voices in the building, right? If he, if he listens to other people enough who question or at least push back on some of his methods or methodologies or whatever. Right. Cause like, I mean, this team has a lot of issues from a mm-hmm. roster construction standpoint. Like I think the, I think the issues are much more with personnel than anything else right now. Like the court, the cornerback stuff, Drake or Patrick played well today. We'll see if that holds up mm-hmm. um, the cornerback stuff. The, you know, the, uh, a lot of us said they could really use a third receiver Muhammad um, mm-hmm. Sanu is fine, but like you don't have like a young dynamic slot guy. You're sort of developing a return guy who you could use. You know what I mean? Like there are just a lot of things you can point to. Trey Lance is the is unique in this way. How many times Trey here? Trey Lance is unique in that he is a just superb athlete, super high football IQ just every physical trait you could want, but is a little bit of a project and they're going to help him develop. But it feels like they never just go get a DK Metcalf where it's like, Hey, this guy does one thing really well and we're going to make sure he does the hell out of it. And then if he can do some other stuff, great. It feels like to be a Kyle Shanahan receiver, you have to do everything perfectly. Whether you're big or fast or strong doesn't matter, but like, can you run the route at the right depth? And can you block this certain play? And I feel like they miss out a lot because I don't know. And maybe it's not Shanahan. Maybe like the, I can't get, <laughs> I just feel like they don't, they never just go get like an athlete. Yeah. Like this guy's just going to be more athletic than anybody else. And we're going to figure out what he's good at. And we're going to put him in the position to do those things, whether it's at receiver or linebacker or cornerback or whatever it is. Sure. And maybe that's, maybe I'm, I'm missing something here, but that's just when you look at their roster and you look at the way the Rams are built and you look at the way the Cardinals are built and you look at the way the Seahawks are built it's a lot of guys that are just really awesome athletes who do certain things that coaches put them in positions to do. Yeah. I think his, I think his issue is, is trusting, trusting young players right now. Sure. And I'm not sure. I'm not sure the Genesis of it, maybe because he got really tired of playing young guys. Right. Cause like in 2017 and 2018 and those those teams didn't have expectations. Right. But he relied on a ton of young guys out of necessity. Yeah. But it's just weird to, with that context in, in terms of how Kyle Shanahan began his coaching career with the 49ers to now where it's like, if you're a young guy, you better be playing at a super high level to get in there, even though you need reps. Like, why is Trey Sermon better this week than last week? Because he got all those reps. Mm-hmm. Right. Trey Sermon, the, the word out of the, you know, 49ers coaches mouths this week was Trey Sermon had a great week of practice. Well, it was like, yeah, it's it's probably better to have a great week of practice after you play in a game and you know what you didn't do well. Right. Like versus being inactive. 
you know, like you, when you're inactive, you don't have anything to really go off of. It's like, okay, be better at these things that you aren't doing in practice. But when right. it's in a game, you actually have an idea of what those things are in a game situation. And like you said earlier, practice time is so limited. Yeah, especially especially for, you know, guys at, mul- at positions where multiple guys are used, let alone quarterbacks. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I think th- this Trey Lance thing is, is really fascinating. Best case scenario for the 49ers, Trey Lance comes in, the offense looks like, you know, what RG3's first start looked like in right. 2012 when I think it was the Saints. He just lit him up. And it was yeah, just in, in New Orleans, in New Orleans. And the thing was, the thing that I always go back to is he was running a college offense. Yeah. Right. Like it wasn't the most complex offense in the world. Now, the difference is they named RG three, the starter, like before training camp. So there was no ambiguity there. Right. But my thought has always been Kyle Shanahan can create an offense tailored to Trey Lance's skill set. Like that's what Kyle Shanahan does better than in my opinion, any other coach in the league in terms of offensive play callers. He knows how to utilize, excuse me, he knows how to utilize <laughs> Trey Lance's strengths and weaknesses. Like, he should be able to, to create an offense that works starting in week one, right? And so yes. so that, and- that was always the thing with me. It was like, if you can do it with RG3, who ran a very basic college offense at Baylor, you could do it with Trey Lance despite his inexperience because Trey Lance played in a West Coast style offense right. at North Dakota State. So that's what's that's what I'm most interested to see is does Shanahan scrap everything? Let's say they get Garoppolo's MRI results tomorrow, and they're like, yeah, he's he's done for three weeks or whatever. Does Shanahan scrap everything and do what you just said? put together this offense that's tailor-made to allow Trey Lance to be successful this year. And that's obviously not what he wants down the road. That Shanahan doesn't want to be running that next year. I think he can. I absolutely but, think he can. But I don't think he wants to. I don't think that what the 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 Washington team's 2012 offense, I don't think is the offense that Kyle Shanahan wants thinks can be successful and can win regularly. No, but in order for Trey Lance to get to where Kyle Shanahan wants to get in there, he has to take incremental steps. No, I know that. Also winning football games. Right. right? So you need to run a version of the offense and then build on that week after week after week. Sure. So I think that they wanted Lance to stick with him here. I I think he wanted to skip that step. I think he wanted to put Lance, get, let him, to, you know, quote unquote, develop this year by playing a few plays here and there and learning the offense and then stepping into a more advanced offense next year. But this season in 2021, if they are to contend based on what we saw today, I think you're absolutely right. I think he needs to tear everything down and go, all right, this is the cut on the Washington 2012 tape. This is what it's going to look like at least for the first several weeks until he's until Lance gets more comfortable and maybe until the end of the year, if he continues starting. Yeah. I I think he can. I've always thought he can. I I don't know why not. Yeah. Like 
that I've always thought he could. And that to me was always the biggest reason why I pushed back on the idea that you have to sit Trey Lance like he's not ready. You know, like it's always mm-hmm. been in my head, like, all right, if Dak Prescott can do it in 2016, if RG3 can do it in 2012, if Josh Allen can do it in 2018, and I know Josh Allen wasn't great as a rookie, but like you're seeing the fruits. You've Justin Herbert. Fruits. Say it again. Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert, like you see the fruits of these rookies playing early on and you can be successful. And I've always thought there's been enough of an infrastructure, especially from a talent standpoint. And I think this is an aside. The reason why the 49ers offensive issues are so confounding right now is because this is the most talent that Kyle Shanahan's had on offense since he's been here. Like, I think this offense is more talented than the 2019 version. The biggest difference is Raheem Mostert, which I know, which I'm surprised I'm saying because like it matters Raheem, though. He it matters for sure, but Raheem Mostert is a much more singular talent and such a perfect fit for Kyle Shanahan's running scheme that that surprised me. But in terms of offensive line, and we'll talk about Trent Williams because it, it Trent Williams might be gone for a while. Um. But just in terms of like Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, uh, those guys and the offensive line, Trent Williams, Lakin Tomlinson, Alex Mack, like these are all good players. This feels like a better version of the 2019 offense from a talent perspective, which is why it's weird they're not moving the ball up and down the field consistently. Yeah, I think. Mostert is a great example of what I was talking about earlier with like, Hey, you have this skill and we're going to put you in position to utilize that skill as much as possible. And he's really fast and really explosive. So get to the edge, find the first hole and hit it. It wasn't super complicated. And they had, you know, they had horizontally like just right his speed you have to account for. And when you have guys going the other direction, it's like super tough. And that's the element that I think is, is, has been missing. And like you said, Trey Sermon looked very comfortable running out of that pistol with the, with the zone read stuff today. I think his first carry went for 15 yards. Yeah. Um, It, it, uh, I think we're going to see a lot of that against Arizona. Yeah. And I think a lot of it's going to be, I completely agree. Because you're setting, you're setting Lance and your team up to fail if you're Kyle Shanahan, and it, you're going into a game saying it's going to be the Jimmy Garoppolo offense with some zone read stuff sprinkled in. Like, no, I, I get yeah. that he wants him to be a pocket passer at some point where he can sit back and just pick a team apart, but he's not there yet. Very clearly, it needs to be with Trey Lance. A lot of zone read, a lot of pistol, a lot of play action, mm-hmm. a lot of rollouts, a lot of cutting the field in half and giving him, you know, layers to throw to, um, and a lot of deep downfield passing. Yep. Which is very different f- from what the 49ers are running with Jimmy Garoppolo right now. Yeah. And so- like designed, des- like deep downfield passing, but not like, not like, take a snap and go through progressions and get rid of the ball. Like designed shot plays. No, this has got to be like a lot of heavy personnel, 
and a lot of and I know they do do this with Jimmy Garoppolo, but like do a do. lot of play action out of like 21. Right. <laughs> or right. 22 even. Yeah. You know, and, and take those shots when you can get them against certain looks. And I think Kyle Shanahan can do it. And I really do like as bad as things seem right right now. I really do think the 49ers can go to Arizona and win. Because the same way the Rams might have. Um, I'm trying to think of a better way to say I don't know of a better way. Blow their wad against the Buccaneers last <laughs> week. Fair. And then, and then lose to Arizona at home. Could be that could happen. Arizona. They could have spent all of their energy trying to beat the Rams this week, <laughs> and then have a letdown against the 49ers when they come home. A team that's coming off two losses, two straight losses that might be more desperate. Like desperation is a very important. Sure. Thing. I got to tell you, at ten at ten thirteen p.m. on Sunday night, I don't see it. <laughs> that's fair we'll talk again thursday and i'll see i think i i'm just saying i think the it's cardinals possible. just look like a buzzsaw right now they might be and they they very well might be but it might also like the 49ers have the advantage of like okay we have a quarterback that is unscouted and an offense that's unscouted because we're making up a bunch of new plays like that's possible you could get elijah mitchell back you could have trey sermon playing well debo samuels a machine right now He's um, unbelievable. Can we talk about Debo for a minute? Sure. Because we're too negative. <laughs> He's really good. He He's is really good. Un- He's... But holy crap. <laughs> what the hell? He's really good. That's it... eight for 156 and two tugs today. He, I think he's leading the NFL in receiving yards as of Sunday night. I think that's right. Which is not what I expected. Um, I, I think what's really what this says to me about Debo Samuel is just how much it sucks that he got hurt last year because he got hurt in June. He basically missed all of training camp. Um, he rarely got to practice throughout the season. He never really got in shape because it's a foot injury and it's really hard to condition when you're yeah. when you're doing foot stuff and conditioning is clearly very important for him. Um, and he's talked about that like he runs so much now as a receipt like he runs all these routes and like being able to run all these routes effectively as many routes as you run it's like being in good shape matters right and he was just (laughs) never really able to get there last year and i think that was reflected in how kyle shanahan used him basically is just like all right we're gonna give you six of those jet sweeps a a game yeah those little those little shovel passes yeah those little shovel passes which are running plays (laughs) (laughs) um but uh, yeah, he's he's off to a really good start. He's an all-around receiver now, and you could also give him the ball in the running game, and he still just runs L- through guys' faces. Like his second literally lined him up at running back. Yeah, you can you can line him up. He's really good. No, they did they against did. Uh, the Packers. He yeah. literally lined up as a running back. Yeah, um, yeah he's a unbelievable football player. He's a Pro Bowler. Yes, he's an, like he's if, an All Pro right now. He should have like 14. Oh, I guess it's a 17 game season. He should have like 14 or 1500 yards, like on the like all purpose yards, right? What's he at? 490 right now through four games. Damn. So he, like, if he keeps this up, we could be looking at 2000 yards potentially or like 18 to 1900 all purpose yards. 
doing a little math on the pod. 2,083 pretty- yards is what he's on pace for. That's incredible. He has he's tied- saving the 49ers offense right now. He has tied his career high in receiving touchdowns with three. He has also surpassed his yardage total from all of last year. <laughs> That's crazy. He played in seven games. Technically six because he went out in the first play of the of the one game. But yeah, in in four games, he has more yards than he had in in seven games last year. Really good. Yeah. Really good. Um riding in on the bike in the Debo shirt. You had to he had to go for a buck fifty and two touchdowns. If he was he gonna had to. That. If he if he did that, if he rode in on the bike and the Debo shirt. And had like four catches for like 37 yards. Yeah, brutal. It would be like, all right, cool. Cool, like doing a lot on cool social stuff. media and yeah. less in the game guy. But like, he, no, he's actually, he's falling out of his mind right yeah. now. Um, good for him. That's good. Good for the 49ers. They need it. Can you imagine where their offense would be if they didn't have Debo Samuel playing? It, w- it would be bad, which is why I do want to transition to George Kittle. Please. Because he, on one of those, he got... This happened to him again where he leapt up for a high pass and was hit as he was coming down in the lower leg area. And it looked terrible as it happened. Like there were like everybody in the press box thought he like just snapped his leg in half. He was down on the ground for like a like 10 seconds, maybe even less, and just popped right back up and stayed in the game. Um popped right back up, but walked around for a second like meandered to the huddle oh he definitely hurt himself in the same fashion that like when you're at a club and you've had some to drink are you a big club guy a big club guy okay and you walk out of the bathroom and you're just really disoriented by all the light and all the noise (laughs) And so you just kind of start walking, but you're going different directions because you can't remember exactly where you need to go. So you just sort of aimlessly walk in it. That's sort of how he made his way back to the huddle. So he was not well. Yeah. I had this conversation. Like it looked like a classic, like high ankle sprain to me and I'm not a doctor and I'm not diagnosing it, but like, I'll ask you, would you be surprised if this was one of those situations where George Kittle hurt himself during a game, played through it, and we find out Monday after an MRI, it's like, okay, George Kittle's going to miss like two or three weeks. Yeah, high ankle would be more than that. High ankle is typically four to six. Given that it's George Kittle, like two to three sounds right. Yeah, it was 100% one of those plays where as you're watching it happen, you're like, that's a hurt player. (laughs) <laughs> that play, there's you don't get up from the position that he had contorted his butt. But shout out yoga, he gets up. Shout out to pliability you. and Emma, and, his sister. You said what? And Emma, his sister, who's right, of who's course, the yoga whisperer for George, right? Moore. The yogi for sure. So, um, it would not, I agree with you, it would not surprise me to find out it's a. I hope not. Obviously, like it wouldn't would not on top of the fact that he's already dealing with a calf. But then you watch him leave the field after he's signed his jersey and pose with Russell Wilson and stuff. 
and he's jogging off the field. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, football players are psychopaths, dude. Oh, they are. And you can, the, like, the thing is with this stuff is you can like have so much adrenaline and nobody plays with more adrenaline right. than George Kittle. You can have so much adrenaline that that will get you through the injury. And then you wake up a day later and you're like, I can't walk. Did that against the Cardinals in the Halloween game, the Thursday game right. a couple years back in 2019. Right. He and popped he, a capsule in his knee and would he break a bone in his foot or something? He chipped a bone in his ankle last year in week one. He he clearly sprained his knee on a similar play from Jimmy Garoppolo, right? And then he played mm-hmm. the rest of the game. And then it didn't come out till after the fact. And he, he missed a, a few weeks. I'm not, and I'm not saying that's going to happen. Like we might have, people are going to listen to this and there might be a George Kittle update and he's fine. Um, but just the vibe I got from George Kittle's post game, he was like very much not interested in even addressing the injury stuff. Hmm. Like, you know, Hey, how'd you feel? How's your calf? All that. He's like, I could play. It's fine. It's like, all right, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, so hopefully he's fine. Knock on wood. Hopefully he's fine. I don't want to like speculate on injuries too much, but all I'm saying is that was like a crazy that that was a crazy. I was like, okay, that's not what they. <laughs> it's uh, it's unbelievable that he got up and then yeah. stayed in the game. Unbelievable. Um, Trent Williams. Well, should we talk about Trent? Let's talk about Trent Williams first. I don't know and if there's Robbie whole, Gold. And right, yeah, we'll talk about that. What well, we we we'll make this quick. I don't have a, a lot to say about Trent Williams. I think he's going to be out for a while. We're recording this Sunday night again. There's going to be an update from Kyle Shanahan on Monday. Did not look good. He was carted off the field twice. The first time was for cramps. I'm guessing he just went and got an IV because it was really hot at Levi Stadium mm-hmm. today. Um, but he left the game in a lot of pain. It was a right arm, right shoulder issue. Kyle Shanahan said he was, quote, concerned. Um, I mean, man, like that doesn't look like a sprain or something like that to me. It looks like it's worse. Like, if Trent Williams is gone for a considerable amount of time, then it's Jalen Moore in there immediately. A rookie left tackle as opposed to arguably the best left tackle in the league. Not a great development. I don't think... For what it's worth, Jalen Moore played well tonight. I think Jalen Moore is good. Yeah. Like, I think he's... he's But he's not not Trent Williams. He's not Trent Williams. Right. Um, So, we'll see. I don't have much analysis, and I don't want to speculate on injuries anymore, but... Um, Trent Williams might be out for a while. So special teams. Yikes. Robbie G- Yikes. Robbie Gold suffers a groin injury pregame. I think it was during warmup, so we didn't get a whole lot of clarity about that, but it was just before the game. Groin injury cannot kick, can't do anything. Um, Mitch Wisnowski has to kick field goals and extra points. He missed a field goal. He missed an extra point. He did make his first extra point. The um, second extra point was further back because of a false start be, on the yes. two-point try. And I think they probably would have got the two-point try. And that there was a cadence issue, I think. I think that was a cadence issue, which mm-hmm. was a false start. It sure that, looked like it. Which is a Trey Lance issue, obviously. Um, so I talked about this with Cam Salerno. Shout out to Cam, my, uh, my colleague at the B. Big Cam guy. Big, big cam people um, and Nick, like you look at Trenton Cannon dropping that or muffing that kickoff and giving the Seahawks the ball in the red zone, giving Russell Wilson that touchdown. Um, Robbie Gold being unable to kick 
field goals and extra points. That's 11 points that the 49ers basically gave gave away on special teams in a game you lose by a touchdown. Right? Like yeah. it, that's that's kind of the crazy thing about this. And like I like I said, like I don't take a ton from Trey Lance's final touchdown drive. Like that felt like a multi-score game, like a multi-score loss. Right. Not a one-loss game. If anything, it was a little concerning. It took him so long to get in the end zone. Yeah. But ahead, like sorry. 11, like special teams, you can make the case special teams swung the game by 11 points today. Yeah. Yeah. Seattle's, I know we talked about this and you disagreed a little bit, but I'm going to bring it up anyways. Trenton Cannon diving on the Mitch Wisnowski punt at like the two or three yard line. And then rolling into the end zone. Not great. And worse than that, getting up and celebrating as though he had not just rolled into the end zone was unbelievable. Like Kyle Shanahan said, they brought this guy in to play special teams. And he either had no awareness of, he either had no awareness of where he was on the field or didn't know the rule about touchbacks on downing punts. Yeah. And then he has the muffed kickoff that he dives on and tries to get up and gain a couple extra yards and then fumbles after he gets up and then tries to let a ball bounce in the end zone that did not make it to the end zone (laughs) that he had to suddenly dive on and give his team worse field position. It couldn't have gone worse for number 49. Go ahead. And after that, after that second one at the scoreboard in Levi's stadium or the jumbotron, they have a close-up of Trenton Cannon running off the field. And he's not the most beloved 49er at the moment for fans. And as he's running off, Jamal Adams just gives him an earful. And you see Jamal Adams give it to him. And you see Trenton Cannon sort of turn and acknowledge that Adams said something to him. But he didn't, like, do the full turnaround. But it was like... The entire world knew that Jamal Adams just said something like soul crushing to this guy, like after he muffed a kickoff leading to a touchdown (laughs) and then after like nearly screwing up the next one. Right. And it was just like, oh, my God, (laughs) so brutal because this guy, he he was the grass goon from a couple weeks ago, like the grass goon, the grass goon. If you're unfamiliar with the grass goon. I am. (laughs) Inform me, please. (laughs) Richard Hightower, the special teams coach, who now talks every Wednesday, which is a new development this season. Um, I have questions. I'll be on the Zoom this week. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The Richard Hightower gives out an award for the best special teamer each week. And I think it was the Eagles game that Trenton Cannon won Grass Goon. Um, He's not winning Grass Goon this week. Probably not. Probably not. So, yeah, special teams were a disaster. 49ers special teams had been typically pretty good. Mitch Wisnowski is punting the absolute shit out of the ball right now, though. The reigning NFC special teams player of the week. I know this sounds like a bit. It's not. (laughs) My man is dialed. Yeah, Wisnowski is is balling. He's balling out of control. Let me pull up the, the punt stats. Yeah, I was just doing that. Three inside the 21 touchback. That's a good ratio. And the one touchback was because Trenton Cannon rolled it into the end zone for him. 
Yeah, that that's true. That should have been like at the three or four yard line, whatever. Yeah, it was. that's a good point. My cat is heated. Yeah. Yeah, not a great, not a great special teams game. So we can talk. I mean, the defense was incredible. I thought the Seahawks play calling in the first half was atrocious. It felt like during their run of five straight three and outs, they called runs on like runs or short passes on first and second down, like only. Mm -hmm. And then go figure in the third quarter, they call a bunch of play action and move the pocket and start throwing the ball downfield. And it's like, wow, you're not in third and long every, every series. Letting Nick it's amazing Boson what happens when and, you stay out of third and long. Yeah. Not letting Nick Bosa and D Ford pin their ears back. Um, so yeah, I thought that was all about play calling in terms of like the adjustments. I didn't think the Seahawks like were doing, I mean, I I didn't think the Niners were, like, playing considerably worse. It was like, oh, the Seahawks were actually doing things on offense that made sense in the second half. Yeah. Um, That was the first time since Pete Carroll's head coach that the Seahawks went three and out in five straight drives. Wow. It's also the first time that Jimmy Garoppolo in his pro career has lost back-to-back starts. Really? Which is kind of wild to think about. That is wild to think about because he's been on the team for a while and they have definitely lost back-to-back games since he's been here <laughs> yeah but not that he has started interesting yeah yeah he's had losses sandwiched around a win but never back-to-back losses which i thought was like i said i i didn't think there was any way that was the case but um all right before we get out of here positives debo samuel Debo Samuel was a definite positive. Trey Sermon positive. Trey Sermon was good. I thought Emmanuel Mosley against DK Metcalf was was good today. Yeah, Tyler um, Lockett didn't do much. I mean, the yeah. Niners outgained the Seahawks 457 to 234. They hadn't the 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 49ers honestly like sh- shouldn't have lost. Like they did, they, 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 unde- like not making excuses. They didn't play well enough at the end of the game. But when you look at how that game started and you kind of just statistically look at it, it's like Russell Wilson didn't have a great game. Tyler Lockett didn't do much of anything. DK Metcalf didn't do a lot. D Ford had a couple of sacks. Nick Bosa had a sack. Like the Niners passed for three touchdowns. Trey Sermon had a great game. It's like, man, they had a lot of things go right. But if if Robbie Gold plays and Trent Cannon just handles kickoffs, he doesn't have to do anything spectacular, just not give that one away. The Niners mm-hmm. win. Yep. Yeah. They win. That's... Regardless of what's happening at quarterback, the Niners would have won that game. So man. If there's a silver lining, it's that it wasn't – I mean, the quarterback stuff wasn't great, obviously. But there's um, a chance that it – like we've talked about, there's kind of a chance that it sort of remedies itself. Where yeah. Shanahan's forced to maybe do what he didn't want to do, pare down the offense, and just make it something that's super custom fit for Trey Lance's skill set. Agree. And I think, too, the first four games – we've now gotten the the full Jimmy Garoppolo experience, right? We got games like Detroit look solid. 
really mm-hmm. good. Looks like he could quarterback a top five offense. We get Philadelphia where the offense stinks. Jimmy Garoppolo stinks, but still churns out a couple of good drives and is good enough to win. We get the Packers game where Jimmy Garoppolo is really good in moments and really bad in moments. He leads a game-winning drive, which we've seen before in 2019. He tied for the league lead, I think, with Russell Wilson with like five go-ahead, go-ahead mm-hmm. fourth-quarter drives late in games. And then we see today where Jimmy Garoppolo is really good for a second. He struggles, and he gets hurt. Like yep. I feel like in these four games, we've gotten the entire Jimmy Garoppolo experience. And a point I'll keep making is that that is all of those things, the lack of consistency, the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo can be good and then be bad a drive later is exactly why Kyle Shanahan's trying to replace him and has been yep. trying to replace him. Yep. So I think that like that to me, I, 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 I don't think you need to argue that at this point because there are people like, Oh, give Jimmy Garoppolo a chance. Like if he's healthy, he's a good quarterback. It's like, you can't just discount that. Like you can't just say if he's healthy. Like that's a very large caveat. At this the, point. the The problem is, is is not if he's if it's not even if he's healthy, he's a good quarterback. It's if he's healthy, he's a good quarterback sometimes. Yeah. And the times that he's not, he's really bad. And so I don't, I don't even, I don't want to relitigate that whole thing. But yeah. it'll be. I don't know any of the answers, but it's going to be a fascinating week, especially if Trey Lance starts, but then the Niners go into the bye. Mm-hmm. And it's just going to be really, really interesting to see a, what Trey Lance looks like Sunday and B how that impacts what they do with Garoppolo moving forward. Absolutely. We'll talk about it all this week. We'll have two more episodes. Um, we'll get a guest. And we'll get. Yeah, we'll have guests. We'll we'll have guests. And we'll preview Arizona. Um. Yeah, I I don't think like the Niners clearly aren't a playoff team right now, but I think they can they can get there. Yeah, like, they can still get back there. The season's not over. So Being I in last them- place in October October third isn't a death knell. No, no, no. Uh, and especially when, especially when they could be three and one, I think pretty easily right now. Yeah. I mean, they and, could be four right. So I do think though, I had them in the tier below kind of like Tampa Bay uh, and the Rams where it's like, I'm not putting them in the Super Bowl contender conversation, but I think they can get there if X, Y, and Z happens. I have them below that now. Yeah. Where they can be a playoff team if X, Y, and Z happens. Once you're in the playoffs, who knows? But they need so many things to go their way to be in that Super Bowl conversation. And right now, if they can't figure it out on offense... Like they, they're not, they're not going to the playoffs, especially in their division. Right. It's going to be. So they have to start there. It is going to be a full on kitchen sink game against Arizona. They have to win. They can't, you can't, A, you can't go to two and three and B, you can't go to O and two in your division. Right. 
Agreed. It, it's never a must win until it is, but come on, be real. It's a little bit of a must win. I mean, what kind of gut punch would it be for a team that sort of, I don't want to say injuries as an excuse. I mean, it's partly an excuse, but partly a reason, right? But for a team that's like healthy-ish, potentially, we'll know about George Kittle and stuff, but like enough players, it's like Nick Bose is playing, right? D Ford's playing, Fred Warner's out there, if Kittle's out there, Ayuk, Debo, you know, you have Elijah Mitchell and Trey Sermon, like that should be good enough. Like the injuries can't really be used as an excuse right now. They can to an extent. And I think they can when you zoom out and put it in the scope of is this version of the team, the players that they have, are they going to contend with the best teams in the NFC or the AFC? Like that's the other thing. When you talk about Super Bowl contender, the Bills, (laughs) did you pay any attention to the Bills game? They beat the Texans 40 to nothing. <laughs> like they look like a buzzer. So when you talk about the 49ers, the, 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 the roster they have with the injuries they have, I don't think can compete at that level, but they have the pieces necessary to win games. Like let's say the, let's say who's healthy now is who's healthy the rest of the year and they go six and 11, like that's inexcusable. They have way too much talent to be like a six or seven win team. That's to that point injuries aside. Yeah. To that point, I think this is when we're going to learn the most that we've learned about Kyle Shannon. Mm. This is just going to be like, Hey man, you have a lot of good players. You picked a lot of these guys. Like you can't claim the injury bug anymore. I know you're, I know they've lost some guys, but like everybody loses guys. Yeah. You said it. They still have a bunch of their pro bowler, all pro guys. You still have a good, like enough talent out there to win games. So Mm -hmm. at some point the rubber's got to meet the road and you can't, you can't just be burning out, spinning your tires about like, yeah, but injuries. Anyway, let's call it. I'm with Let's get you. out of here. Yeah, there's going to be, there's, I think we're going to have a very similar conversation on Wednesday with the full scope of the injury situation more kind of under, with more context on the injury uh, situation and who's going to be available, who's not. And, um, Super interesting week. Super interesting week, not only for the 21, 21, 2021 49ers, but for the next like decade of 49ers football. <laughs> yeah. Because if they don't do the Trey Lance thing right, it could be rough for a while. Especially considering all the other possibilities at quarterback that. Yeah. Like if Trey Lance is flat out isn't good, I think Trey Lance is going to be good. I do too. I do too. If he's not good. And it's like, well, you could have had Kirk Cousins. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Stop. I'm just kidding. Or Mac we're, Jones. We're getting out of here. Okay. Or literally anyone that's not Trevor Lawrence or Aaron. Could have had Tom Brady. I don't know. Or Justin Fields. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers.
All right. Let's get out of here. I don't think they could have had Aaron Rodgers for what it's worth. <laughs> we're not going to. We're getting out of here. All right. I'm Kyle. He's you remember Chris. remember the 2005 draft? Subscribe. <laughs> Touche, dude. Touche. <laughs> I'm Kyle. He's Chris. Subscribe, rate, review. A couple more episodes coming this week. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next time.